0: There's almost always a third choice. And once you have multiple options, then you move it between it's no longer a he and she thing. And instead of having it between you, you turn shoulder to shoulder and put it up on, you know, not literally, but metaphorically, you put it up on a wall, on a whiteboard and say, huh, let's evaluate which decision is going to be serve the needs or serve the goal and understanding that we're not going after everything. We just want to solve and make a wise choice for this next decision. Like it's one decision at a time. And it is to say, we just want to make one next wise choice. And it isn't a he or me, it is a we thing. And we're going to be shoulder to shoulder rather than face to face arguing
1: about it. Because when you can back it up from this is it's your way or my way to say, this is a decision that we need to come to agreement on the which way to go. You know, this is our issue; it's not your or mine. And I know that sounds like we're just messing with words, but really, just the mental thought of you know, there's times where we've had to turn to our kids and say, "Well, mom and I are in agreement about the way that of of the problem because it's it's the problem, it's the challenge. Is it isn't? The other way to say that is that well, mom's got an idea and I've got an idea." And so part of this is, is trying to, rem- to look at the challenge and going, I don't want to be frustrating to you and I don't want to be frustrated by you, but we have to come to an agreement on what priorities and, and what concessions we want to make in the way forward. Okay, let's do this. This is Jeff. And I'm Andre. Are
2: you ready? I'm ready. Love or work. Is anyone listening? No, don't put that on the air. These two people
3: are really, really
2: funny. This one made me cry. World Series champion. Around the entire world. NBA All-Star. We hope you love this interview as much as we did. Love or work. Welcome to the Love or Work
3: podcast. This is Jeff. And I'm Andre. We're coming back with fresh energy.
2: We're back from vacation. Back y'all. from vacation. Yes. Should we tell a story? A story of Mexico. I think it's worth telling one. There was a one big one on like day two. What happened? <laughs> well, we had a rental car and we parked it. Went, First of all, had a lovely. Uh, hang uh, on. There's always
3: uh, two sides of the story. Had isn't a there? lovely. Two sides. Listen.
2: Had a lovely brunch and then walked back to the Hang place on. this is
3: after you already ran the car and Andre is the driver
2: oh into she, the palm tree Andre
3: won't ever let me drive in other countries this is a true statement
2: it's just cuz i love it so much there's and like she no just rules happened to run and,
3: our rental car into a palm tree but
2: that yeah there's a whole story with that too but anyways <laughs> so we walked back to where we had parked the car and it just was gone Just disappeared out of nowhere. (laughs) I walked up. I have never had that experience. I walked up and I was like, It was one of those moments where I thought, Did I? Am I on the right street? I was like, Andre,
3: our car was right here. She was like, No, I think it's just a little bit further down. I was like, First of all, further down, <laughs> I can see, and there's literally no car on the entire side of wh- where our car is. I just thinking was.
2: there has got to be something that I am mistaking here because mm. I've never had that experience. Anyway, anyway, we finally got our car. We got back. our car. That's all that matters. That's the end of the story. And the most important part of this story is, it's not an adventure until something goes wrong.
3: Yeah, and our kids quoted us, quoted that statement while we were in the taxi trying to get our car. It was actually a pretty great moment.
2: Yes. But let's talk about today
3: Let's talk about it today
2: we have a great interview with, like, when you're talking about content This is so much content in this interview, it was amazing So today we have Joy and Billy Phoenix Uh, Joy is the executive producer at Nine Toe Productions And Billy is the director of staff development at North Point Ministries and they have been marrying for almost 22 years and have just, I mean, loads and loads and loads of content.
3: Yeah, they, they actually have a podcast also. It's called Between Parents. And um, you should look it up. It's... I mean, there is so many topical interest things well, you can find. They've there.
2: already done over a hundred podcasts yeah. on marriage and parenting.
3: Yeah. So and,
2: y'all yeah, should yeah. definitely check it out if you mm. want more content.
3: Yeah, I've learned a, a ton from them. And I'm and, and in this podcast we learned a lot, hit on a bunch of different topics. This is gonna be good. I mean, while you're listening, there's three things I think you that may intrigue you. One is nine toes.
1: That's there's a I'm good story right that's there. That's all I'm
3: gonna say. Nine toes. I mean, just think about counting just keep the nine going toes. <laughs> uh secondly, the system of umbrellas, I'd like to call it. Oh, there's a good that's a good one right there. And lastly, they kind of refer to this idea in relationship of whiteboarding things that are big tensions. And I think it's a great premise. It's so hard to to uh, learn, but I think you're gonna really take a lot away from these two new friends of ours. And man, we could have talked all day. We're gonna go to dinner with them. I'm almost one hundred and ten percent
2: sure of that. Here they are, Joy and Billy Phoenix. We
0: met, I I think it's interesting to say that I had another boyfriend, but things were not going well. I told the other guy I was going to start dating other people cuz I didn't think he was that into me. He was a workaholic and so
1: And also too, Dana to yeah. Jack, he lived Ooh. in Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania and joy was here in Atlanta with me, so I had a home-built advantage. So I was oh. I had wild confidence <laughs> he, that I was going to win this battle.
0: Yeah, which is really funny thing cuz this guy was a hard charger type A kind of guy. Anyway, Long story short, um, I was dating two people at once, and it was my thirtieth birthday, and everybody knew I was totally upfront. I'm like, I'm dating people. Like, this is just, I'm not. <laughs> you guys are not that into me. I mean, I'm going to be casual too, so we'll date other people. And, and I so, was
1: telling someone, I think I'm dating someone. <laughs> I, I, I think I'm yeah, dating. Yeah. <laughs> that, that registers my level of confidence at the time. I was <laughs> like, like, I'm dating too. And I'm like, I'm, I'm like, like, oh, whatever.
0: whatever. But really, I was sort of playing one against the other, kind of, but kind of not. The guy in Pennsylvania just was, like I said, he was a workaholic. So that was fine. So um, it was my 30th birthday, and I was going home to California. And this guy was going to meet me out there, meet the, meet the family, whatever. And Billy and I had just dated. we had only gone out like on maybe three or four dates, I guess. And he's like, it's that awkward. Like it's your 30th birthday. It should be a big thing. But at the same time, I don't know. And so he, he left me gifts in my mailbox. And at the time he was an architect at Chick-fil-A and the gifts came wrapped in, um, architecture blueprints, right? So there was a book and there was a CD and then there was this homemade box, and it's just, just by way of background, what you should know is that when I was a kid, I had a horse and my horse stepped on my toe and I am missing a toe. And it's not generally something I'm self-conscious of. I'll talk about it. But I wear sandals that, you know, cover it. So you just don't have to discover it. I want to tell you rather than you looking at my toe and being aghast. So I had told Billy <laughs> Which this. Which toe is it, just out of
1: curiosity? It's my
0: little toe on my little left toe, foot. Little mm-hmm.
1: toe, okay. Mm-hmm. The little pinky that went all the way home, oh. went, went, ran away. <laughs> Horse. <laughs> nay, nay, nay. It's
0: been it's been a while since yeah, you used that one.
1: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm not, uh-huh. not even laughing. So well, yeah,
0: it's a little while, right? So it's this little it's this little homemade box and he, on the t- cover it says, Joy, I know you've really been missing yours. So dot dot dot. And I open it up and inside is a plastic baby toe with red toenail polish. And I was like with
2: polish. It was good, like yeah. he got it
0: at some Halloween shop. My oh, birthday's yeah, yeah. October, so I'm like, that guy's kind of funny. Like it's really struck me as like, I kind of like him. I'm gonna keep dating him. At first, you know, it was maybe just because he was another person. I told him, I'm gonna date other people. He's another <laughs> person. You met the
1: qualification of He's being another, another person. He's another person Is this
0: romantic? <laughs> is this a love story? I don't yeah. know if this is a love story.
1: She assumed that we were all getting a group of people together. And so I called and said, Hey, do you wanna go out? She's like, Yeah, I'll call some people. So she invited us <laughs> to, to be a group date. She and then I was like, the and then of course me, I was like, oh yeah, I'll do the same thing. And then I didn't call anyone hoping that she wouldn't get in touch with me. She got like six people to go on our date. And so then I had to come back. It was my fault, my issue.
0: It was the day of. I know. And, and I, then
1: I then I went back and needed to be a little more clear. And so I said, okay, I would love to go out just the two of us to and pay for your meal and have a, <laughs> what what many call a date. <laughs> he
0: was not that on the news, and, but and so, basically anyway. then I was like, oh, he's interested in me. Okay. So, yeah, so. so
1: we, we dated for... Anyway,
2: so after the toe in the box, yes. you cut it off with the other guy. I w- not. <laughs> <laughs> I see what you did there. <laughs> uh, yes. <Yeah. laughs>
0: not right then. That was October. In December, I yeah, I, I ended, ended it, it with it. the other guy. Yeah. That what really sent me over the edge was I was sending. I was going home again, going home to California, and. Uh, my Christmas tree had fallen over and a bunch of my ornaments had broke and Billy had been over the night before he and I were supposed to exchange gifts and he took all of my broken ornaments home and being the architect that he was um, he reassembled them and wrapped them and gave them back to me as part of my Christmas present which
1: also fit my budget That is (laughs) for a Christmas present
0: that and he gave me a mixtape <laughs> and uh, cassette tape, G- cassette tape. Yes. Out there,
3: yeah, I'll what explain. is that? We'll
1: explain <laughs> to that later. <laughs>
0: so and, G- and Google I'm,
1: that, you'll figure that out. Wikipedia, he
0: called right. it a nine toe production because it was <laughs> for, for me anyway. And then I got home, and everybody was like, Why are you dating this other guy at all? You need to dump him for Billy. Billy is clearly the guy, and I'm like, Yeah, you're right. So I dumped him, dumped the uh. The corporate exec guy wow. and uh, ended up with Billy. Yeah. And so we dated two years, got da- married two years after basically two years and a week after our first date, which was about one year too long for me. I was very irritated by that. But um, <laughs> I'm like, yeah, not getting younger. I'm like, I'm, let's I'm go. Very
3: quickly realizing, like, you have priorities, and it's like, we're going to make these <laughs> things get happen. Done. Get it <laughs> done. Yeah, get it done.
0: Yeah, I might be calling you and saying, edit all this out. Anyway, that's, <laughs> so that's our sort of, that's kind of our origin story. And yeah, then it'll be 22 years in um, wow. August. Yeah, Labor Day. Mm-hmm.
3: Okay, so my follow-up question to that is how, and this is a big question. Mm-hmm. The I'd love to hear some like, the the quick version of it is, how have you sustained that love for 22 years?
1: I think part of that is keeping short accounts. I mean, it, this is going to feel like it's a we're in a marriage workshop, but it's really. I mean, it really is the the things that everybody says. It's keeping short accounts. It's you know, when other things come into your world, whether it be work or children or you know, those curveballs that come from left field to be able to go, okay, the best way that we're going to be able to approach anything be it a blessing or a curse in our life is for us to stay hip to hip, you know, close by each other and have short accounts and be able to talk to each other and process. And so, you know, it's just not being a team that's divided, you know? Mm. And so it's, it's funny how life is, as life throws you these projects that when you work on these projects side by side, you can't help but to come more intimate with each other, Mm. you know, because it's, you know, this is, this is my partner, you know, and this is what we're, we're working on together. So I, I think part of it is realizing if we can stick together, we'll be better at life. But also too, working on these other things just makes us better. And, um, you know, we, we've been disciplined in a few things. I mean, we're, we were very disciplined about date nights and getting time alone together, even when we had little ones, when it was expensive to get babysitters and logistically was a nightmare. And, Hmm. you know, we've both had careers and traveled and had those pressures around, but, but part of it is, is working side by side instead of letting it turn us face to face and battle each other, you know?
0: A friend of mine um, stood up at our wedding reception and twice divorced she's now married her third time, but it's going well, but after her two divorces, she stood up and gave us a toast and she said, "The only piece of advice I would give you is close the gaps because gaps happen and just work at like figuring out how to close the gaps and get back you know together and I think that's at at the core of what we
2: try and do is just to close those gaps. Mm. What do you think is one of the like most important things that you're trying to get across like on a regular everyday basis.
0: The ideas come from just our life and mm-hmm. um, coming from a place of weakness. You guys have said this before, you, you come from a place of like, you're not the experts, you're learners. Mm-hmm. And we very much bill ourselves as not we're not experts, but we can process stuff,
1: mm-hmm. and
0: that's really mm-hmm. all you need to be able to do to have a meaningful conversation where everybody who's in the conversation can grow from it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and
1: I, I think it also it reflects a philosophy that, I mean, it, it sounds very valiant and very maybe somewhat impressive or slash arrogant to say, "Why we have a podcast and have all these things?" But you know, part of what we really believe is that everybody should be emptying whatever they have in their cup to somebody else in their world, and. Mm-hmm. I know that sounds tiring, but so many people disqualify themselves because they're like, well, I mean, what do I know? You know, you look at people and you're like, you guys find somebody that's a few steps behind you and share what you've learned. And they're like, well, our life, and they, you know, they tack off everything we all tack off is that, well, my, our marriage isn't perfect. Our family's not perfect. I've got issues. She's got issues. We've got issues. And you're like, absolutely. And, uh-huh. and the people that you would turn back around to and share your little bit of knowledge is this feels the same way. And so uh-huh. everyone you know drives in and out of their houses and they work through their own stuff. But the isolation is so hard mm. on marriage and family. Where you know I think centuries, three three centuries ago, people did better at hey, we we're only going to get through this together. And mm-hmm. part of our philosophy really is, you know, we wish everybody had a platform to turn back around or had the confidence or ignorance to turn back around and go, hey, I want to share what I've learned along the way.
0: I mean, so really, the, the Dead Sea is dead, not because it doesn't get water, it gets water. It just doesn't flow out, mm-hmm. you know, and so things die when they get pent up like that. And who wants to be part of that, yeah. you know, and, and it helps us to have a certain amount of flow of information and conversation. And Yeah, and to be 100% you know, clear...
1: I mean, some high percentage of what we, what we share along, we've taken from somebody else. Right. We're yeah. not sitting around crafting all these great theorems and truths about life. It's like, oh, we totally got that from somebody else or stole that from somebody yeah. else. It's, we're all moving yeah, wisdom teach from, and knowledge around. Teach and from so, your weakness,
0: right? You don't run out of material if yeah. you teach from your weakness. And so that's what our goal is, just to yeah. teach from weakness. It's interesting.
3: Um, I wrote a few things that you were sharing about like how processing marriage things with other people how it's grown your marriage like mm-hmm. it's made your marriage better. We we've talked to a lot of people um personal relationships that often have this mentality that when marriage is hard they need to separate
1: themselves from community and mm. get
3: their stuff together before they can go back in. Have you guys ever experienced
1: that? Yeah, I mean I think that's a need I think that's the way you feel. You know, because it's embarrassing. It's you know, everybody plays the comparison game. Obviously, yes. everybody knows the comparison game is as high as it's ever been because everybody sees everybody else's highlight reel online. You know, Instagram and whatever. It's so perfect, right? yeah. And everybody else's life appears perfect. And so when you 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 come to the reality or the realization, actually, because it's everybody's reality that life isn't perfect, your marriage isn't perfect, you're not perfect. It's embarrassing, so you retreat, and hmm. that makes it harder. And so we see it all the time. And that's where part of it is being able to say, if you can establish a group of people, it doesn't have to be everybody, you know, yeah. there's a difference between posting it online and, you know, having those people that are on your speed dial. They're like, Hey, this is who we call when things get tough. Hmm. And even got gotten in the room together and said, Hey, can we all agree that this year life will be tough for us? Marriage is going to be tough. Parenting is going to be tough. Work's going to be tough. And any given day somebody's going to walk in the room and have something to share something to cry about something that they need advice on if we can all just agree with that let's get past this hurdle of oh my gosh we're facing something imperfect and mm-hmm. lean into caring for each other and curing each other's mm-hmm. burdens and giving each other's advice and you know we we try to you know say that marriage and family is is personal but it's not meant to be private mm-hmm. you know it it's it feels very personal but privacy is a different thing because privacy is a half a step from isolation and Mm. in no scenario is isolation healthy but you know i completely understand why people retreat and feel like let's try to go pull it together but you know it's the same way of going like well i'm I'm facing some problems so i'm going to cut off the internet and not read anything or not learn anything about it i'm just going to go sit in my room and try to work this out myself you're like why would you do that you know, there's so many people that are going on before you and so many people around you that can help lean into them but man I was uh, I was out with some guys
3: sorry this is random but I haven't even talked to you about this Andre I, I was out with some guys on Tuesday night we were at this picnic table at this brewery and there was like two guys that were just talking themselves they are on the other end of the table and I was like the nearest person and I could hear what they were talking about and it was these two guys that were in relationships with, um, with women and uh, you could tell they were in really serious relationship. I don't know if they were married or not or whatever. But they were like seriously talking about the tensions of sex in their marriage. And it was like they were honestly, it wasn't inappropriate. It wasn't. Um, Braggadocious. No, or, it yeah, wasn't any of that. It was yeah. like, no, here's, man, this has been hard. This this thing was good. This And it was like, I was it was weird because I was kind of listening in, which I probably shouldn't have been, but I was sitting there going, they're going to have great relationships. Yeah. Yeah. Because they were honestly talking about the struggles, what was working, what wasn't working and like helping each other. And it was funny because like, then their their The women they were with came by. It was like, they came by like 30 minutes later. They must've been doing something else. They sat down and it was like this, it was like this fun community double Mm -hmm. date thing. Mm -hmm. And it was like, Oh my goodness. Like I was like I wish people could see this moment. It yeah. wasn't bad. It was like so good. Anyway, mm-hmm. sorry. Well, yeah. I mean, it, it, I think ahead.
0: there's a CS Lewis quote about like, you know, the I'm going to butcher this, but it's something like the seed of friendship is to say like, "Oh, me too."
2: Mm-hmm. You know, and yeah. and this yeah. whole
0: idea of saying like, "I connect with you because I've experienced that same" that same problem. And really so many of our problems are just versions of, you know, you get to the core issues, whether it's communication or whether it's vulnerability or family baggage or whatever it happens to be. We, the Venn diagram of the issues that we're all facing overlap way more than we suspect. <laughs> right. so and true. we just don't, we, you know, we're so into our own world. We think we are either the worst or the best or whatever. We just think we're, we're unique and we're not that unique. Hmm. We overlap a lot and it's the overlap that, you know, where where, you, where growth happens
2: Alright, let's switch topics just a little bit um, So we hear you guys talk a lot on your podcast About like keystone habits Or systems that you've created To kind of um, just like improve your relationship And continue to invest in your relationship Can you talk a little bit about that And what that means or what you've learned in that?
1: Yeah yeah, and, you know, and this is this is one of those things that I'm always I try to be open handed with because the the way we're wired, you know, I, I tend to be so it's specific. You know, I, I'm a J. I'm a J on the Myers couples. Briggs, so I tend to want I like order, I like systems, I like you know that kind of way. But also, I think in general though. Systems get a bad rap some days when it comes to things like relationships and family, mm-hmm. and part of it because it seems like, "Well, wow, you're going to run your family like a company." That seems heartless, you know. Or right. it's harsh. What, yeah, it's a little harsh. And who are you? What are you, the CEO, not the dad anymore? What's what? you know their mom, you know. But part of it is understanding that the quest really is to figure out what systematically or systemically plagues our family or our relationship. And let's figure out if there's ways that we can move it out to the side or move it out of the way, you right. know,
0: like the expression is, is bad systems lead to tension in relationships. Hmm. Like a lot of times what's, what's causing tension is just cause you've got a lousy system to approach it.
1: Yeah. And let right. me get, let me give you a specific yeah, give example, us an example. The, a specific yeah. example, then we'll go big. So yeah. this is a specific tiny example, which did not make or break our family, but so our kids ride the bus to school or did ride the bus to school in elementary school. And, um, you know, mornings are mornings. You get up and there's waffles flying and, you know, kids are grumpy and blah, blah, blah. And where's your shoe and that whole thing. And and inevitably, we would, you know, be cutting it close to get out the door to meet to the, get to the bus. And there's many mornings we'd open the door and it would be raining, which is the last thing you need, you know, after this. we Okay, we made it out the door and now it's raining. And so then it would become this scramble of like, where's the umbrella? You're like, where's the umbrella? You know, there's a suddenly now. I think we've had this exact moment. (laughs) So where's the umbrella? And then people are biting at each other. I don't wear the umbrella. You know, so, you know, here's this. Now we're at each other over an umbrella where finally I got to the point. I was like, we're getting a can, like a milk jug thing, setting it outside our door. And I'm going to go to Home Depot and buy six umbrellas. Even and, so and there's only four of you. The yeah, way. there's only four of us. That's a good strategy. <laughs> <science. laughs> actually. I'm like, I'm going to pad the thing so that even if somebody, you know, steals, steals an umbrella, it. we've got padding for yeah. more. And so but it's funny how, you know, even then you're like, oh my gosh, it's raining. Well, good. Here's an umbrella. Nobody fought. We all went we sang singing in the rain on the we didn't really. But, you know, so that so that's a tiny example. Now, blow that up into bigger things and and think about money. Okay. So, let's create some systems around money so that we're not constantly At each other, surprised by like you spent what, and we didn't agree on that, and why? Why is why you know why am I surprised that we don't have enough money this week, or um, you know, or to or travel like travel? mm -hmm. You know, again, it's it's the littlest things. We've we we really ratcheted back. We became a family that's known to get to the airport really early because we didn't like the way we felt when we pushed it. Which I
0: I. Hate that idea of being in (laughs) the airport. Joy's a million miler
1: on Delta. She's traveled, (laughs) she's traveled, 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 and there was a season. If I
2: could like walk into the airport and walk into the gate, like all in one, you know, that is a win. That is a win. Like if I have to sit and wait prior to walking through the gate, trust me, completely. I mean, Joy
1: was at the point, you know that. If if the if the door of the plane didn't close right behind her, it was a failure of time, <laughs> yeah. you know. And just, so, <laughs> introduce family, and then we're like, "I'm like, if I never so have to run for a plane again in my life, I'm gonna be a happy guy." Yeah. And so, we ratcheted back, you know. And Joy bit the we bullet just had
2: to suck it up, but I know. we don't. Me too. We don't.
1: We're not sweaty and screaming at each other when we're getting on planes anymore. That's and true. Uh, so, you know, again, those are smaller examples. You can blow them back up in terms of the way that you know, time goes or, you know, we both work jobs and, you know, can we establish some times where we know that's a non-work zone is that, you know, we we pretty early on, I mean, this is going to, I'm going to sound old at this point, but you know, we, we were working before really there were laptops to take home and and open them up and and do work at home. And then, so with that, those came in about the time we had kids and we really had to sit down with each other and go, okay, can we establish that, you know, from six o'clock until I don't know, nine o'clock, no laptops are open. This is a non-work zone outside of something catastrophic, right? catastrophic mm-hmm. or exemplary. And because that, just establishing that system to say this is our agreement, really took a lot of the pressure off of the day. that I'm like, well, I got to answer this email, and then Joy's in there with you know kids and you know juggling all this kind of stuff, and I'm totally missing it, which causes mm-hmm. tension and conflict. So part of it is just establishing some ground rules which I know no one likes rules, but you'd be surprised how when you look a little bit into your systems, how much relationships get better, be it marriage or with kids or whatever else, just because you put a little bit of work in going, the problem really hasn't been us. The problem has been this infrastructure that we're working in. Yeah. And it's causing it to look like us. But, and, that's, and this is a work principle too. It's like the offices that aren't organized enough or that don't have good systems, you know the employees are always at each other. Mm. And they're like, We we just our team, we hate each other. I'm like, no, you are suffering because you're working in a frustrating system.
3: So it sounds like you guys have created systems not based on like, oh, here's the system that you should do. It's like okay, where are can the
2: individualized yeah, where mm-hmm. are the
3: pain points that keep happening? Yep. That it's like this isn't working, it causes frustration within our relationships. How do we like minimize those? Right. Yeah, yeah. Like that's, yeah. I mean,
1: they're trust either I mean, there are closets in our house that are just full of junk that we're like it's out of the way, it's not organized. It's, but it doesn't impact our life. It's a closet. You push all that stuff in there, right. and then, you know, short of the one time you need to get something out of there or put something in it, it's frustrating. But, you know, that's not as big of a deal as the things that we're like, this is the reason why I'm at you right now. Or this do, is you, the do, you,
3: do either of your kids have a hard time following your systems?
0: Well, they're teenagers, so yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, so how do you get the uh, every kids on board with the system?
0: You know, you pick your battles, I think, is what yeah. you do. So it's... Um, you know, one of the things we have upstairs is a technology free zone, and that we we go to the mat on in terms of defending that and saying nope, everything's got to be charging downstairs. That's because it's like private bedrooms. Yeah, you know. just, they just need know. a space. They just need a space you know. where, and we all need spaces where we know everybody's unplugged. So that we go to the mat on, um, picking up the towels, hanging the towels properly after the shower, um, putting socks away. I'll never away. win. I'll never you win. You just never <laughs> win. You don't, you don't win. And so you just got to let it go. I'm like that part. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to let go. I will call out examples. So in other words, I'll be like, Hey guys, I need you to address the towel issue upstairs. Cause we've got people coming over or whatever, you know, I'll call out when there are yeah. moments, but generally I, I choose to not make that right. pain point for me. It's just not that important. Mm.
1: This is the way that we the mm-hmm. you, joy in me, we, you know, do this. And they're like, well, we're, in so many words, they've kind of said, well, we're part of the we now too, now that they have their <laughs> own opinions and they have their own personalities. And yeah. it's yeah. like, you know, there's, there's times <laughs> where I'm like, you know, my daughter, this is her room and she's done some stuff in her room that I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, you're going to hang that on your wall or whatever. And I'm like, no, I, I, that's not for me to manage. This is her room. Let's let her individualize and be the person she needs to be. You know, my son is in a mode right now where he's he he's learning to paint. And so he actually literally, he has this bunk bed and up underneath it, he's got this wall where he's painting on his wall. And, you know... Unbeknownst there's to a, us, it's just like, Yeah, oh, But I'm like, no, you know, he needs that. He's exercising his abilities right now. And it doesn't impact my world. I'm like, let him be.
0: Let well, me. and I, one of my favorite examples is the fact that the kids are you know in charge of their own laundry and if you don't move the laundry in a certain period of time it starts to stink even when you put it in the dryer like it'll be stinky and I'm like, really? I didn't know.
3: I know. Actually, that's you may not actually. actually
2: it's true for adults, too. <laughs> yeah. Oh, isn't that interesting, Shinabarger? There might be a gap in my system on
3: that specific thing. Keep so,
2: so the, the very best thing for me, I'm, I could
0: systematize it for, you know, for me, I have a system of doing my laundry. I'm, a, you know, a grown woman. So, but
2: my kids do I not. wish <laughs> some grown men. I mean, like you're, a, you're
3: pain, a clinical This is, right. this is a, this a right.
2: pain point in
3: literally for 17 years of marriage. We keep going.
0: But I'm just like, you know what? You go ahead and wear those stinky clothes because eventually you are going to learn. This person is going to learn. Maybe not. I don't know. (laughs) I'm now sort of discouraged suddenly, but you know, hopefully they'll learn that like, well, this is just something you've got to do and I'm not going to save them from that. So that's where I'm like, everything in me wants to change that laundry and get it on the move. But that's just not going to happen. Yeah. So I'm like, uh, okay, you're just going to have to live with that. So yeah, and
1: it's, it's really humbling too, now that we've got to move a 16 year old girl and a 14 year old boy. So when you'll see them do a different system that actually you have to look at and go, I think you're, they might've, that it, system work. and maybe, worked, or <laughs> maybe works, works better. better than ours. <laughs> you know, so you yeah. know, we're hitting that point where Josh will be like, I got it. I got it. And everything in me wants to just micromanage him because that's my <laughs> everything in the way I'm wired does that to a, a fault. And I'll watch him do it, and it'll turn out great. And I'm like, I'll be in my room.
2: <laughs> <laughs> All right. So on the kid topic, yeah. we you know always talk about wanting to raise kids that to change the, that will change the world one day, right? Mm-hmm. And so, better, so. Yeah. can you talk about some big ideas that have kind of guided you in your parenting, kind of in that philosophy or around that topic? Wow, you know,
0: it's that's such a great goal. And I would say, personally, I aim so low. Sometimes I just want her to not get a ticket just want on her no car. Stinky clothes. I want no <laughs> stinky clothes. You know, she's starting to drive. Our oldest is starting to drive. So, like, your priorities Safety on the road, please. Yeah, yeah like so, it, it's.
2: Yeah.
0: I think that's um, in this stage of life, it's not front and center for me. Um, but I think that probably the baseline stuff is about empathy and getting them to be aware of other people, sometimes that's, it's weird. Because when you get to to the stage of teenagers, it's the time when you really move from being like hands-on to being a coach. Mm -hmm. And the cruel irony is that when you start to be on the sidelines and wanting to coach your kids as opposed to actually getting in there and doing stuff with them, it's the exact same time that your kids start to think you're an idiot. Mm -hmm. So there's a built-in, you know, there's a built-in tension. So part of what... I would say it goes back to this idea of community is having making sure that your kids are used to having other people in their lives who will inspire them to change the world. Mm -hmm. So in other words, in some ways,
2: it's not going to, they're not going to listen to you at this point.
0: They're they're not. And and more is, you know, the expression more is caught than taught. Mm -hmm. So that is, I think, At the heart of what we try and do is we try to have no dark corners in terms of what we say we want our kids to do and the way we actually live. Because, you know, they'll suss that out, right? They'll suss out inauthentic, you know, words from actions in a heartbeat. And so I would say at this point, this late into the kid game, that's about as the most we can hope for. I think you can be more proactive when your kids are little in terms of giving them instruction and empathy and and words and, and things that, that will um, inform their brain. But right now, at this stage, it's really about making sure that they're going to catch things from us.
2: So talk about a little bit about fears and parenting. Oh, they're endless, right? <laughs>
0: I mean, it's... It, I think you know, fear is an interesting thing because it can be such a master of you. Um, and like anything, I think it's a discipline to say like, well, I'm just, I'm not going to be afraid. I'm not, I mean, I think that's, it's a discipline and it's a practice. I mean, at the very beginning, um, we had, I was, advanced maternal age when i had my daughter and so you know they do all those tests <laughs> advanced maternal age <laughs> that's I a thing that, that is it that's the yeah. that's the proper defined term billy anyway and um <laughs> and so they do all these tests right and at the time they were doing 3d exams and you know all the, which was cutting edge when i was pregnant but um they thought that that our daughter had markers for down syndrome and they wanted to do all this advanced testing which really was going to sort of have, you know, be kind of harmful for the baby. And I'm like, yeah, we're just not going to do that. And we, you know, we decided to practice not worrying right then and say, we, we have a choice right now of either worrying about this pregnancy or just being open-handed and saying like, well, we're ready for plot twists, you know, and we are going to keep our knees bent and we're going to keep our, like, we're just going to be open-handed because this child may eventually drive. That was our, like, like you can worry about them as a baby but you can also worry about the fact that they will have keys in their hand and like you know realistically that's a da- more dangerous time and so so let's just sort of like we'll suspend our worries until they're driving you know now we're in driving and we're like <laughs> now uh,
1: you're in it and we I'm worry like a lot uh, these days <laughs> and
0: you're it's like, like a- and now
1: i realize <laughs> all those oh, things
0: oh see and and you know, and you, so it's just really a discipline to practice and to say like i am feeding
2: my head things have you, well because like then the next one is like and they will leave me and be living on their own next. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, that's the next, right? That is the next. Because right now they're in your home yeah. and in your house, and mm-hmm. you know. So then the next big thing is like you will be on yeah, your own. Doing
1: something, and then you worry about how they're going to date and how they're going to be as parents and how, or how they're going to be married. How are they going to be? Married. Yeah. You know, there's just no end. to it. I mean, yeah. you yeah. think endless, once you get them out of the yeah. house, that's going to be worried it's going to go away. But you know, you there's empty master parents that sit at home and worry about their kids too. And so, you know, I think part of it is understanding that you know. Fear and worry go together. One of them is a subset of the other. I guess worry is probably an unders- a subset of fear. But, you know, it's part of it is being specific enough to figure out what is it that I'm afraid of? What, what do I fear most? And there's days where i like, I fear that my kid's going to have to face something tough today. But then if you can get to the point of having that second voice that, that speaks into that, that says, well, also, too, if your kid never faces anything tough... They're not going to be resilient enough to have to understand their own gift sets and their own skill sets, and you know, build the ability to navigate this world. So now I'm fearful that they're not going to face something tough today. <laughs> you know, so <laughs> yeah. you know, you can actually build this you second can, like, voice. Talk it all out, right? Yeah. That, talks, that, that talks you out. I, I tend to be the worrier in the family. Mm-hmm. You know, I just it's that quote about you know that, that fear is a, a misuse uh, of imagination you know that i can imagine ever since they were babies i could have imagined you know nine different ways that they're going to get injured in this room you know and and i started to realize not only was it affecting my parenting but also too some of it was just such a misuse of of creativity in my imagination and so part of it was is being able to go okay what 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 am i what am i borrowing trouble that will, will probably never come through you know what is it that I'm specifically worried about that should probably turn more into strategy or care? Because there's things that we worry about that are like, okay, well, if that, if we're worrying about something that might actually be a thing, you know...
0: Then let's address it. Then let's, let's address it. The let's it, right? it. Let's talk about it. Let's,
1: you know, figure out a strategy. I mean, strategizing always helps me deal with worry because worry doesn't have a strategy. I just sit and worry. Think about it. Yeah, Think yeah. about yeah. it, right? And so, and, and so part of it was us figuring out, okay, what's illogical... What makes sense? You know, we, and, and part of it is, I think at the very beginning, self-assessing who you are. You know, I, I know that I tend to be a worrier. I'm not going to wake up one day and like, oh my gosh, I didn't have a strategy for that. You know, that's not the way I'm wired. My error will be, I had nine strategies on that and was, threw it on everybody in my life and it was so <laughs> oppressive that everyone hates me. There's other people in the world that are like, oh, I don't worry about anything. And their friends are like, bro you need to worry about it. You. <laughs> you know, so part of it is assessing where you are at the very beginning and then working back toward the a healthy middle. But
0: I would say the other part of it is to understand that um, strength comes through challenge, right? There's the, 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 the expression, our shorthand expression is don't rush, don't rush the hatch, which is really about a baby bird gets its strength for life, gets its strength for getting out of the nest because it has struggled to get out of the shell. And the mama bird does not, you know, get that bird out of the shell. Like it has to, it has to hatch itself. It has to, you know, get in there and expend the energy it needs in order to experience freedom. And that is what, that that's what a challenge does for our kids. And so many times it's, worry and fear is like going, I just want to save my kids from this challenge. I want to save my kids from this pain. I want to save. and you're like, yeah, but you're, you're rushing the hatch then. You are not actually saving them in the long run. And that is, to not do that as a parent emotionally is like, not eating chips at a Mexican restaurant. You know, it feels so unnatural. just can't do it. You can't do it. Like you It's gotta, actually you, logical. You have it's to... Just, you just don't even go. Just don't not? even go. Don't even go. <laughs> right? You sit on your hands, right? Yeah. If you're out, you have to sit on your hands or not get the chips. But, but it is what you need to do. You need to allow some of the struggle. And...
1: And also realize yeah. that, that it's just emotional. I mean, there's times where your kids... You're going to watch them go through something tough in life, and that second voice will tell you this is going to be developmental for them. They're going to learn from this. It's going to make them grittier and more resilient, but it's still, you just hate, everybody hates to see their kids struggle and in pain, and mm. there's times where your job is just to come in and love on them and not fix it, not try to, you know, again, I'm not calling the school. I'm not calling the coach. I'm not... This is the world, this is their walk. And- I mean,
0: think about LA. So our daughter recently was upset about something and I was talking her through it and stuff. And she's like, mom, I need you to not fix me. I want to just feel this for a minute. Can I just feel it for a minute? I was like, oh, wow, I just got schooled by my 16 <laughs> year old. Because yes, of course you should yeah. feel it. I mean, she wanted to sort of go like, I'm upset and I want. I don't want you talking me out of it for a while. And I'm like, okay oh not
3: eating those
2: chips (laughs) they teach you right there that'll teach Um, okay
3: so on your podcast you guys have done all these different episodes we were talking about this we were curious of all the episodes that you've done what do you think is one that in, in a topic that really resonated with people and why do you think that is
2: yeah, like what's your
1: most popular one? Well, people always, the, the ones about sex. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I we mean, knew that, it. Any, we it. We called it. We called it. I mean, anybody does a podcast about sex, that's going to be your most popular one. Wow. Why is that? Um, I think... Well, we have know, two, we have two second, of them. You know, We've but, two yeah, well, editions, we have two editions of it. We did two. We did one at How Do You Talk to Your Kids About It, but also two, one about you and, and marriage. I think because it's the private back to the privacy thing. It's such mm-hmm. a contained thing. Depending on who you're talking to, it just feels like it's a private thing. It's a, you know, it's a... It, it's not a non-issue, you know? And I, I think there's, depending on who you talk to, the world is either not talking about it, marriages aren't talking about it, or people are talking about it in weird and not helpful ways. And mm. so I think people are, there's a natural interest in that, but or, I think, Or
0: when they're in crisis is the other reason know, people talk about it, yeah. Or there's just
1: some stuff that they need to, to work through. But I think for me, if you were to ask me what's the most important one, it may not be overall, but right now, it. We've done some podcasts on um, comparison traps in, par- in parenting, comparing yourself to other parents, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. It's back to the Instagram. You're seeing everybody else's highlight reel, that, and then trying to. As parents, a lot of times we try to put markers on how we're doing, and parenting doesn't lend itself to that. Like I want to know. I want a data sheet about how I'm doing as a parent. Am I a good parent, or am Give I not my a report good report
2: card? Yeah, I yeah. want my
1: report card, and it. it 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 hmm. it frustrates parents. It freaks parents out. You know, you just never know how you well never you're know. Doing. Or how are my kids doing? You know, and it's such a futile journey to try to rank your kids based on the neighbors' kids or whoever else, or or, or, or trying to parent the way the neighbors do. Because it just you know, your job and your mission in life is to be the best parents for your kids and all of their gifts and all of their beautiful things and all their junk and all the stuff they're dealing with you know, you can learn from a bunch of other people. You should learn from a bunch of other people, but to rank yourself or rank your kids against, well, the other neighbor's kids, it's just a, a road that is, it burns energy, it burns. So we, we've we done some podcasts around that that I think have been helpful. And it's, you know, it's again, are you a good parent is asking, are you a good leader? You know, it's, you know, are you a good, are you a good farmer if you grow great vegetables in fertile soil and the perfect climate? You mm-hmm. know, on surface, you know, you're, You've got trucks that are bringing vegetables out all the time. You're like, that guy's a great farmer. Are you a, better, are you a good farmer if you can grow vegetables in a, in a desert area that doesn't lend itself to vegetables? You know, who's the better farmer?
0: Hmm. It doesn't matter. Like, why, I don't yeah, even understand why does that, that even? Yeah. Why okay. would
1: you even compare those two? They're just completely separate and different deals. And so I tell you that because mm. we do the same with leaders. You know, here's a leader that has navigated in a corporation or an organization through you know, that had momentum and just got lucky and did, had, had funding. And are they a good leader? And then you look around to this other leader that navigated their company through a financial crisis and through a recall and all these kind of things, and they've made it. You know, who's the better leader? Why do you even, you know, why, why should matter? you compare it? So I'll, I'll give you all that just to say we do the same thing with parenting. You know, it's like if I have a kid that that is just that their genes have come together and they've been healthy and they, you know, haven't faced some weird stuff from the outside and they didn't have some bad bounces. You know, they just look like they're killing it, you know, and those parents look like they're killing it. They're such great parents. Look at all their healthy pictures and look at their Instagram feed and all that kind of thing. And then you look at another parent that's, their kids have had a bad bounce or something else has, has hit, or there's been a, a weird set of circumstances that have sent them into a real challenge. And those parents have been loving, and their kids loved it. and They made it through, and they've you know finished. You know who's the better parent? So, so the all comparison that comparison
3: trap seems like it's a consistent thing. Yeah, um, that's interesting. I uh, on a, I'm going to shift the thinking a little on this. Um, I'm curious for the two of you because I think I think that leads to a bunch of stress. <laughs> like, I think there's these,
1: uh, like gauging on if you're a good parent. Yes. Or a, the yeah.
3: parents are and they're, And so then, and then they end up wanting to do more and more and more to keep up with mm-hmm. the compare trap, Right. And, um, anyway, so on a, on a, a little bit stepped removing, watching you guys, listening to your podcast, seeing how you guys do life, the adventurous <laughs> mentality and the systems mentality, all that kind of stuff. Um, I'm curious how you guys, in the midst of both both of you working, mm-hmm. um, trying to not compete with other families, trying to explain to your kids they don't have to have everything the stresses that go along with that, trying to keep up with your work, trying to keep up with the task ahead, you know there's these moments in stress of stress that start to emerge. Um, how have you guys dealt with that to not be like um, yeah to not to not be consumed by that stress, how do you? you guys I mean, are looking at each other like well this. I, no
0: no I, well i i part of what i was thinking as you were setting this up is the this idea of having an abundance mindset hmm. which is that the world is a great big place the adventures the things you can do are a great big place you just can't do it all at once and so there's a certain amount of celebrating like like I look at people's Instagram feeds and their travels and all of that. And I actually find it very inspiring. People talk about it and bag on it as if it's so negative. I'm like, oh, I love it. Like, cause that's still all out there for all of us to do. And, and I think it's a wiring thing. I think it's like, I I have a, um, and I work towards and try to have a discipline around having an abundance mindset, which is to say that just because, you know, one couple is happily in love doesn't mean that it impacts our ability to love each other or, you know, because one kid achieves doesn't impact our kid, our kid's ability to achieve or do something fun. So there's not, the world isn't less just because someone else is doing something interesting. And in fact, if you lean in towards it, you can learn from it and you can grow from it. And a growth mindset is, you know, you just, if you approach it that way, then you don't have to do everything right now. And the stress around that, I think that's a release valve for me. I mean, that's just a personal well, and, and to get thing. good at
1: celebrating other people's wins and successes. Yeah. And I think that helps, you know, when you're like, oh, I'm so happy for them. I'm happy that their kids, you know, got on the team or I'm happy that their kids are, got into that college or making great grades. But, you know, and I think also to, to your point, Jeff, about the frustration side of this and is amid amid it all, you know, It goes back to, do we have something, does something come between us that makes us battle each other or do we move it out in front of us to stand side by side and say, hey, this is the issue? You know, yeah, the,
0: whiteboarding. We call it whiteboarding.
1: You know, so it, you know, so many times it becomes do an issue. Do you really do it? Do you really whiteboard? Some we of these we don't. Things?
0: No, but no, mentally we do. So like, so. if 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 you know, if this is the the issue, right? I'm holding out something yeah. between us, right? And he wants to do it one way, and I want to do it another way, right? And it's an either or, and we think of things as a binary decision, right? It's an we we do this or we don't do it. That, that's most of the time people get into arguments because they think there's a binary choice, you know, your way or my way. Mm. Most of the time, and there's he wins three or ways. she wins. Or yeah. His.
3: They, they get what they want or I don't get what you yeah.
0: yeah, and uh, Chip and Dan Heath wrote a book called Decisive, and it, they talk about how you do decision-making, and it's really about like there's almost always a third choice. And once you have multiple options, then you move it between it's no longer a he and she thing, and instead of having it between you, you turn shoulder to shoulder and put it up on, you know, not literally, but metaphorically, you put it up on yeah. a wall, on a whiteboard, and say, huh, let's evaluate which decision is going to be serve the needs or serve the goal. And understanding that we're not going after everything. We just want to solve and make a wise choice for this next decision. Like it's one decision at a time. And it is to say, we just want to make one next wise choice. And it isn't a He or me, it is a we thing and we're going to be shoulder to shoulder rather than face to face arguing about
1: it. Because when you can back it up from this is, it's your way or my way to say, this is a decision that we need to come to agreement on the which way to go. You know, this is our issue. It's not your or mine. And I know that sounds like we're just messing with words, but really just the mental thought of, you know, there's times where we've had to turn to our kids and say, well, mom and I are in agreement about the way that of, of the problem. Because it's it's the problem, it's the challenge. Is it isn't the other way to say that is that? Well, mom's got an idea and I've got an idea, and so part of this is is trying to rem- to look at the challenge and going. I don't want to be frustrating to you, and I don't want to be frustrated by you, but we have to come to an agreement on what priorities and, and what concessions we want to make and the way forward. Is that is that answer your question? Kind of. Yeah. You. Um, yes and no, but okay. I will say I'm.
3: Really glad that you said it. I think I think that's really hard to do in relationships. Yeah, it is. It I is think like
2: especially when usually there's high tension and you, and know, emotions high, are, matters, yeah. you know emotions are emotions yeah, yeah. are high. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's usually it, it probably has to be definitely like stepped away for. A little bit yeah, before I mean, you can it's, it's, get to that point,
0: point. <laughs> well, and you have to you have to assume good intentions yes. with the person that you're you're dealing with. You know, Billy right. and I have both been leaders of people. I've led teams in multiple locations. I was a negotiator for twenty seven years. Right, so. Um, and I was always the good cop, right? My boss was the bad cop, but I was always.
1: Which, I, which FYI, I don't let that go past. I was married to someone that was a negotiator. <laughs> I am married to someone that was a negotiator, so just, just. Let you guys wander on your, your minds you a little bit on, a on a that. Winning, one. So but, in terms, of like how many uh, how many things do I win on our end? But,
0: <laughs> but my whole point is, is like it, it, when you negotiate, you have to close a point, right? If you're if you're working on a, a legal document, you know, just saying no doesn't doesn't get the it deal done. Work. It yeah, doesn't yeah. work. So you go, okay, so that's a roadblock. So let's figure out how to, you know, drive around it, dig under it, catapult over it. Like y- you just don't get, you don't get closure unless you acknowledge that there's a problem and there's a block. And most of the time, if you can take your emotion out of it, and we know this when we go to have you know dinner with friends, you can see it clearly and you go, why are they thinking either or? There's like four different ways you can go at this. Right. Starting
1: with you're both frustrated because neither one of you are getting your way. So that, you know, it's like... Yeah, own that. Yeah,
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. But part of, it, to Jeff, to your point also too is that, that it's such a big deal. It really is. I mean, it's if you can, if I have an elevator ride with a newlywed couple and they're like, okay, we've got six floors, you know, what's your best advice? I'm like, <laughs> get after communicating well to each other, conflict resolution and learning how to serve each other. Mm.
0: And assuming good intentions. Assume, would be yeah, my assuming good floor. intentions. So, uh, yeah. four, okay. You know as, you know, you got to assume that like this person is, is for you. They are not trying to undermine you. And emotionally, you know, and I'm very high thinker T level. Right. So that I think, given the fact that I'm also the hothead in the relationship, um, that helps that I'm like, no, no, come at w- me with your best argument is what I need. I need to know how you've thought this through five different ways. Nice. And you know, Billy will come at me and go like, "It just doesn't feel right," and I'm like, "Oh,
1: like, quantify that. How does that? What does that mean?"
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, "All. Oh, what does that mean? It doesn't feel right. Like it it it, it analyzes right." And he's like, "Yeah." Now, and so I'm like, "All right." He is not just trying to undermine me for the sake of my arguments. He's trying to open up a different something different for me to see, and perhaps it's blind spot. Okay, but you know. this
1: is also, I mean, why is this? This just becomes the everyday mode of like, because there's no, people want to have a, a quick fix for this. They're like, if we can, you know, if there was a quick fix that would make everybody's decisions work and everybody to get along and marriages to all work, then we would have already found it by then. It's like, if everybody's on the keto diet, then nobody argues anymore. It's not that simple anymore, you know? So this is where, you know, I, I notoriously have, you know, when I've done some marriage counseling in the past, said this phrase that I've since stopped saying is that you know, I feel this sometimes when I'm like, it, 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 you just have to sit. You got to use a lot of words. You got to have a lot of face time. You got to build into a lot of space to sit with each other, share your hearts, share your emotions. And I would sum that up, and people would tell me their issues, whatever, whatever. And I would go, "Well, you guys just need to, you know, you just need to work on it."
0: <laughs> That's not helpful. And, you know, and I would say
1: that. I would say that, and they're like, "Yeah, yeah." You know, I'm like, oh, "You guys just got need to get in a room and work on it." Finally, the student was like, "What does that mean?" Like. <laughs> we're here because we've been working working on it and it's not working. And I'm like, you're right. That is terrible advice. You know, but what I was trying to say was it just, there's, it's not, you know, if you need to bring in a third party, whatever, but it's those frustrations, those issues, those things. It's just the ingredients aren't magical there. It's FaceTime. It's sharing your heart. It's being humble about yourself. It's being self-aware and it's, putting a lot of words down, you know, the bigger the issues get the, you know, the the harder the fixes come. But the, you know, the good and bad news is that it's not some secret that you don't know. Um, And it, but the bad news is that it is the journey of humility. It's the journey of walking down the road going, you know what, I'm not always going to get my way. And some days I need to trust you and you he,
2: no. just got to so work on it. That goes to your question. It's got to work on he's it. It's got to work on it. But the, that also goes to your question that you say is the most, I think it was the most powerful question in marriage or something like that was, um, how can I help? Can right. I help? Mm-hmm. And so I feel like that kind of leads to that when you're talking okay. about like the humility and, the, and that kind of aspect. So talk yeah. a little bit on that. How can I help?
1: I mean, that, to, to walk, wake up every day and go, my job is to ask, how can I help you today? does so much to us as a person. You know, it, it moves me from the center to begin with, where we all live in the center of our own lives. You know, it it sets the trajectory that, and it sends a message that, hey, I'm here to help you today. Um, and it's just such a helpful term, um, especially when you actually get an answer to that and you get to work on something. And Because it really is. I mean, most, if you're not careful, marriage becomes a... Uh, a gluttonous experience, you know. It, it's interesting to ask engaged couples. You know, I always would say, "Why do you want to be married?" And you know, that's kind of a, <laughs> a weird question. You know, when you ask an engaged couple, "Why do you want to be married?" But you can learn a lot from their from their answers. You know, because it's a lot of times people. Will, I want. I want. Uh, I want to live with somebody. I want to, you know, be able to have w- a built-in wedding date. I want to be able to have fun with people. I want to have sex with someone. I want to, I want to, I want to, I want to, I want to. Very seldom to someone like, well, I'm just interested in waking up with the daily agenda to pour out my own needs and refill them with somebody else's. You know, <laughs> that, that's, that's never been an answer. <laughs> but, it's what life in marriage teaches you, that the best marriage is out of discipline, you know, to wake up every day and go like my job is to help, ask how I can help you and serve you today. But- Those couples do that out of out of discipline because it and th- but then eventually you fall in love with the way that feels because you get over that one hump of well, I'm worried that if I serve you then you're going to take advantage of me and it's not going to come back my way. Which it, you know, that very almost never comes true. If you serve someone and things are functional and healthy, you know, mm. or headed that way. It it can't help but just set a trajectory in your marriage that we just we just work to serve each other. We don't always kill it, but we're just trying to serve each other and our marriage comes about but with serving and our parenting comes about stewarding kids that we launch into the world.
0: I feel like we need a follow-up podcast on that because one of the uh, to be on the receiving end of someone who says, "How can I help?" is also f- considering how I'm wired is an exercise in vulnerability as well to say, Oh, I need help. Like I, you know, I'm just so highly independent that the exercise size of accepting help and accepting, letting someone into the things that I just want to like power through on my own. That is a, that's a thing. And, and that is years of practice.
1: Yeah, and that's that, where my, I'm like, oh, oh. too. That's my thing. You all have to read is that like, that's, for me to be helped, Enneagram Two is the helper. You know that I don't like the way that feels either, and so we, me, tend, we my, tend the way to, I yeah, yeah. it's a power position. Yeah, huh? that would be interesting too <laughs> to talk about. At least
3: we'll I have we'll a we to would one. totally listen to that. <laughs> all right, this leads us to our last question. First of all, this has been. Amazing. Yeah, we have lots and lots. Anna, so nice um, here. The idea of being side by side on the same team, working together on whatever that task is, whether that's picking a car together or anything like that is
1: such a hard task.
0: It's so hard. It's (laughs) it it is a challenge.
1: It is. It is a challenge and game changing. Yeah, in a marriage, and it's important to recognize that to know that again, it's not temporary, and it is hard, and
0: and to really say, like, well, there's got to be a third way. What's the third? What are we not talking about as a third Mm -hmm. way? And brainstorming that together, if you can just get one more option out there, you know, and that option may be wait, you know, because if it's not now or later, it's like you know, well, let's wait, you know, some things you have to make decision on, you know, you're going to send your kid to public school or private school. That's a by bi- feels like a binary choice, hmm. but yet it's like, well, we didn't talk about homeschool. Well, we can never homeschool. And it's like, okay, but still we didn't talk about that. Or we didn't talk about like, well, maybe we wait or we just do it for middle school and not for high school. Or maybe we do like, and you start to brainstorm other ideas. Then suddenly there's air in the room hmm for whatever it is that you're talking about if you can just figure out how to you know release that pressure valve a little bit on whatever it is you're you're doing and assume good intentions then the path is going to feel
2: a lot more i don't know less claustrophobic I should say I agree all right here's our final question okay. is it possible to change the world stay in love and raise a healthy family go yeah, yes mean.
1: I think so, you know, we're talking about definitions here. So when, when what does change the world mean? You know, th- this is the frustrating thing that you've asked me a question and we asked you a question back, is like, you know, what, what does change the world mean? Because that's, you know, if that means that I'm gonna have every idea that I work on come to fruition, you know, th- maybe not. Because, the, you know, we, we each have about 10 ideas that eight of which probably will not have space in our life to do, which is a terrible feeling to know that I have to grieve the fact that I have 120 pounds of potatoes and a 40-pound sack. And so, but then you think, well, what? What is? it pushes you into a conversation around values and, and mission. And so back to your question, you know, I, I think if you were to even put those for me, change part of changing the world for any parent is to say that I'm going to raise kids and steward them well and launch them into the world in a healthy way. I'm going to change their world. And... Then outside of that, to be able to go, we're going to create a mission for them to, to do good in the world. And then we're going to find the opportunities that we can to serve the world and, and to change at least our corner of the world. And, and maybe it'll take off and go viral and everyone will know about it. But you know, I want to I lay down every night and go, what I did today was in the right proportion to bless my marriage, to love my wife, because without a wife that I love, I'm not going to be a good parent to raise kids that are discovering themselves, that are becoming the people that we want them to be, that God wants them to be. And then also, too, that I worked on something today that mattered. and It mattered to some scale. Maybe it was just one person today. Maybe it was a podcast that reaches 10 people, 100 people, 1,000 people, a million people. And if I can lay down at night and go that everything was in proportion today and I'll let the results happen as the way they unfold, then that was a good day.
0: Yeah.
2: Gotcha. Yeah. No, I
0: think again, I think if you have a growth mindset and you're and you're open handed that you can walk the path of your life with integrity that will lead to fulfillment at work. That does not mean frustration free work at all. And it usually doesn't mean that it's going to match any of our expectations. And I think being open-handed and and enjoying the plot twists that you know God and life did give you, you know what I I do. I think you you can love and live and change the world. You just aren't necessarily going to feel like it's happening in the moment that it's happening. And I think the rearview mirror is um, a gift. And there's a reason we don't have the ability to see out our front windows and actually know what's coming. But the rear view is fascinating.
3: And now it's time for the breakdown. What you got, Andre, Jean?
2: Oh, my goodness. Pulling out the middle name. Um, Well, I have pages of stuff I wrote. So it's going to be very difficult to, like, pick the one thing. But one thing, I mean, I, like, starred and highlighted and all the things was when they said that, marriage and family is personal but not private. I thought that was really interesting, that distinction between the two, um, just in the context of what we were talking about with community and isolation and all of that. And um, yeah, I I don't think I've ever heard that distinction very clearly because I think that's the big thing we kind of always talk about is like, you know, why people have a hard time talking about sex, why people have a hard, you know, because it feels so private that you should just keep it between you two and figure it out together. And, um, but I liked how they said that, that it can be personal. So there's definitely things that are just, you know, not for the general population, but, um, but, also to be shared with close friends and close people in community.
3: Yeah, I thought I thought that was so good. I think I hadn't, said, I hadn't heard it said that way either, but he it's so concise and memorable, and a little bit, um, a little bit groundbreaking. I bet for some people listening, or I don't know if that's a sh- like uh, it, it could shatter a, a, a certain way that you you see your marriage right now, mm-hmm. um, and maybe maybe something that needs to be shattered in your marriage. Mm-hmm. If you think it's, if ever, if your marriage is private, I think there is a gap there that people don't realize they need others to speak into it and mm-hmm. to learn with together. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that was so good. I, um, there's two questions I wrote down that they have kind of integrated into their family that I thought were both really good. The first is kind of a, a, a little bit of a funny one, but I, I also think it's it's a good memorable one. Are we going to worry... Or be open to plot twists
2: mm-hmm. I
3: thought that was like an adventurous Mindset In the midst of A fearful culture
2: yeah. yeah
3: The second question I wrote down is How can I help And I wanted to ask you some questions about this Oh yeah Because sometimes I think that that question has two You could take it in two different ways How can I help Can be Helpful <laughs> The
2: obvious, okay.
3: And how can I help? Can sometimes be, I don't know. I wonder if sometimes it could come across as minimizing or
2: like I don't got my shit together, so I, I, like I'm not making it. So yeah, that type of thing.
3: Like as if oh I, the only the only way that this situation can get better is if I help.
2: Oh, like yeah. they could
3: come across in a wrong way. Did, did, do you, Would you ever consider it like that?
2: I think that it could come across in a wrong way if you are not coming from the mentality of being on the same team mm-hmm. and that we're not believing the best in the other person. So if I'm thinking this is just really about you and your ego and your pride mm-hmm. and that's what I'm thinking, then then yeah, it's I'm going to take it in a you know, bad way. But if I'm believing the best in you, believing that you're just asking that question so that we can work together as a team, mm. I think that it's a beautiful question. I do agree with her part of that when she said it's vulnerable to even receive that. And for me that that's a big thing for me. It's really hard to like receive help. And for me to open myself to receiving help is a big act <laughs> of, um, vulnerability or, I don't know, laying down some pride issues I have or something. So, um, that's something I always need to work on for sure. Do you think as a woman
3: that if you were to ask me that question, it postures you in a negative historical context of the, the man versus woman relationship?
2: Oh, like how we're like always supposed to be the helpers, but Mm -hmm. never anything else. Yeah. I mean, historically, especially if you ever grew up in the church where that was the only thing that women were good for is being some man's helper, that kind of rubs you wrong, you know? Um, But many of you did not grow up in the church and don't feel that way. And when somebody asks you for help, you're like, oh thank you, please. You know, and it's a very big relief. You know, I think that's stuff you got to work through in a sense, you know, and if, again, if I believe that you have my best interests at heart and that this isn't about, um, the Jeff, you know, movie, and I'm just your supporting cast member. Uh, I think, you know, I think it's very helpful. It's a helpful question. Cool. What else you got? Uh I also just really liked when they talked about how we often disqualify ourselves. I think how she said that um was interesting. Because maybe we've only been married five years. Maybe we've only been married one year. You know, whatever it is. We think that maybe we don't have anything to really speak on or share. Oh, to offer to our friends or other people. Yeah, Yeah. in marriage and in relationships and whatever. And I mean, it's testimony to even our podcast when we had BT and Brett in their first year of marriage. Like, they, like brought some stuff that I really learned from. And, um, you know, I think that at any stage, you can have something to share. Um, But especially if you're just a little bit ahead of other people, Mm. you know, I think about the things that... Or in in
3: the same phase of tension. Yeah. Sometimes the sharing is kind of... With
2: the me too, like being like, oh, me too, I feel the same way, you know. Um, So yeah, I think uh, I just... I, I I liked how they said to like not disqualify yourself so quickly. Like yeah. there isn't this magic number of how long you should be in a relationship before you can talk about it. Mm. Um, I think there'll be important things to say, um, in any any stage. I love so.
3: that. Uh, let's talk about systems for a quick second. I was curious. <laughs> well, first of all, weird. You and I are very, actually not very good at systems in our house.
2: No, no. We try. We, we try. have
3: tried some systems. <laughs> I feel like okay. So my question to you is: In what he was talking about umbrellas, talking about all other systems, is there any system that we could try right now? And this might be a question that you should ask your partner: Is there some kind of system where you feel attention that just keeps happening as a family? That maybe, maybe we should try something. I love that he he simplified it to the umbrella. The example.
2: I know, because that just brings it to the little, little thing. Now, obviously,
3: I need to work on my laundry system. (laughs) Oh God! But I really like the laundry system that says, "I gather the laundry, I start the laundry." Don't even say it. And then you finish the laundry, and I
2: and we together fold it (laughs) and put it away. No, no, don't even say like you actually fold laundry. Okay, so I think that's a great question for people to talk about together and even something that you and I could talk about further on a date night.
3: For the record, if we had a counter on all the laundry, I think it personally, I think it'd be like an equal number of folds. Oh, interesting.
2: We will definitely talk about that later. (laughs) All right, everybody. I think that's it. This is a great episode. So great. And um, you can definitely listen in On their podcast yeah.
3: Make sure you take a second To go look them up on iTunes I think they're on a bunch Of different podcasts But it's called Between Parents With Joy and Billy Phoenix And um, there's, there's so many good things To learn and listen from them I mean you just got a glimpse today Of, of the endless content They have yeah. on there. there yeah. um, And I do like I mean I, I thought it was so cool Because they're just basically Like these are the stuff We talk about on our date nights And yeah. they're sharing it With other people I think that's so encouraging
2: Yeah. Well, thank you all for listening. And we hope you enjoy another Love or Work episode.
0: This episode was produced by DJ Oak Diggy for Soul Graffiti Productions.